Future-proofing our massively neglected state highway network should be a priority after Cyclone Gabrielle exposed a significant weak spot, ripping up roads and cutting off social and economic lifelines. That's according to former Transport Minister, now head of the Auckland Business Chamber, Simon Bridges, who concedes it will take large-scale investment and probably a political pact. He joins us now. Kia ora, Simon. Thank you, Lisa. Should we be frightened by how fragile our network has turned out to be? Um, I wouldn't want to use that word. I think the reality is, you know, if you look at it even today, it's been on the Wakatahi website, you know, in Northland, uh, Coromandel, Gisborne, Tairawhiti, uh, Hawke's Bay, and all of those places, key roads are out of action. So um, that's concerning. So you want, after the patch-up has happened, to have significant maintenance to improve our roading network, but to what level? Look, I think uh, obviously we, we're not going to have every road at a kind of a, a high-quality Waikato Expressway sort of a standard, and there'll be need to be horses for courses. But I think one of the lessons, and there's many, but one of them is if you look around New Zealand, you look at the Upper North Island, um, those roads built to that higher specification stood up really well. The ones that weren't at that quality uh, didn't and cut off communities. And so, you know, I don't think this is so much of a funding issue as it is, you know, let's actually plan for the long term uh, and get on and do the, the, the right job that these um, significant communities deserve. You're talking about the motorway north of Auckland, right? Pūhoi, yeah. heading towards Pūhoi. Yeah. But that, that comes at a huge cost, right? $800 million? So money's got to be a factor in this. Can we afford to do what you're suggesting? Of, of course you're right, level. I mean, if it's um, a gravel road, it's already a gravel road out the back box. We're not talking about that. I suppose at a high level, though, I'm saying, you know what, we do need to worry about quality. Um, it is an investment. We don't have to do the old kind of pay-as-you-go. We can do this um, over time. I, I think actually the the bigger issues, if we look at the here and now and doing this, are kind of capacity and capability ones, namely actually if we've got the firms and the workers to do it, it's good to see there's an immigration visa being put into that. But actually given that it's a short-term visa and the likes of Aussie are just saying actually everyone's going to have a pathway to residency, I worry about that as an issue as well. So there's some big issues here around funding, but more particularly our capacity to do this. When we get around to it, let's do it properly. So money, how do you think we should pay for this? Uh, well, the, the Reserve Bank governors had a kind of an interesting go at that. Um, tax more or, or spend less in other areas. I don't know that I necessarily go along with that. I think given that these are intergenerational investments, borrowing for this is okay. We do have uh, low public debt. And I think that encourages an investment approach that is not penny pitching around these main uh, arterial routes that we need uh, to see. But it's a very highly political topic, right? It's weaponised in some ways. How do you get around that? We don't want to see that. I mean, I think there's been an attempt, uh, albeit, you know, I might say not entirely successful, uh, to try and have the likes of an infrastructure commission determine these sort of things. Uh, I mean, I repeat what I've said. I, I, I think we should invest um, well for this. I think we should think about it for the long term. And some of this can be depoliticised. Yeah, but how? Because that requires parties to agree on big projects, right? And as you know, sometimes parties don't want to give away their point of difference. They don't want to hold hands with the incumbent government and say, yeah, we're on side with you. Let's do this. 
I, I hope it's better than that. I think if you think about regional New Zealand as opposed to big metropolitan um, New, New Zealand, the, the reality there is it, it's only going to be highways at, at a level. And and I sit there and think, actually, there should be cross-party support for um doing some of the urgent roads that are required at pace. Special law, I think of Kaikoura, I was involved in that one where it was a special law that cut through some of the red tape. I would be personally surprised and disappointed as long as the law wasn't overreach. Uh, if parties uh, in opposition right now voted against that kind of a law. And then I think it's a question of prioritisation, actually just making sure um, uh Everyone understands these roads are urgently required to be rebuilt uh, because they are lifelines and some of those other ones might take a bit longer and not be to the same standard. Simon, those lifelines that you talk about, you talked about you've talked about there needs to be alternative routes. So are you suggesting, for example, the state highway that runs from Gisborne right the way up the coast and it's out at the moment and it's the only option? Should there really be a parallel road that we've got to fall back on? Not necessarily. I I think the the clearer cut cases are um, a state highway up into Northland, uh, are um, state highways down through the Waikato into the Bay of Plenty and possibly further uh, uh, south. I mean, I think those big trunk routes are are actually reasonably clear cut and certainly um, require the investment. From there, I acknowledge it becomes difficult, but I, I suppose I really am just saying, you know, let's think long term, let's not penny, penny pinch. These are investments. Is that a sound argument at a time where some people will be screaming at their radios right now saying that these events are caused by climate change? We shouldn't be encouraging freighting by trucks and driving on roads and building more highways. Um, There's no doubt that some of what gets rebuilt will change, right, as a result of all of that and climate change. So there will be differences and so on. I I think, though, where it gets really tricky, and I'd be um, very disappointed if, um, you know, when they talk about sort of managed retreat, it meant different than this, is is that the farmer who's perhaps farmed somewhere intergenerationally, they haven't expected a high standard road. It's been gravel. But actually, they do deserve, I think, as New Zealanders to get that kind of level of service that they've already had back. And and, I, and I'd hate to see kind of the arguments around managed retreat being used not, not to do that. Appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. That's Simon Bridges, um, who is the head of the Auckland Business Chamber there.